I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Going straight to the league. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, so we talk about movies on this podcast sometimes. I have a movie. I just want to know if you've watched this movie before. Have you ever seen The Dark Knight? Have I ever seen The Dark Knight? I loved The Dark Knight. I owned it on DVD. I would watch it in my room on my little... Do you ever have one of those little tiny TVs that could fit inside a car? Like oh, You'd go sure. on van trips. Yeah, so when, when we weren't going on trips, that TV was in my room. And so I would put that in there. I'd play Dark Knight on my PlayStation 2. I tried to explain to some kids, some high schoolers the other day, about how when I was in school, we would play Xbox. and But trying to explain to them what System Link was. And because Xbox <laughs> Live wasn't a thing. Yeah. And that we we would have to go to people's houses and link literally by a cord our Xboxes together to play with each other. Well, it's like the Game Boy and, thing too. You used to have the link cable. Yes, and you would think that I was talking about dinosaurs, and they're like, <laughs> "What?" And uh, it was just news to them. And it, it, it I don't know. I it, mean, we're I we're old enough that we remember a time before the internet. Yeah, before the internet, before smartphones, at and, least before it was widely available. I remember having to go to like, uh sam's club or something and get those little discs so you can get aol yep but i remember playing pong on the computer on the computer like my uncle had the like first computer i've ever seen and it was like the <laughs> oldest biggest thing ever and i just played pong on it um but anyway no i was obviously uh alluding to the the lakers stuff today rob Belinka oh, and man. the dark knight and i kidded nick about this before but i just didn't think First off, are we alternating days at this point? It's like scout with Brian, Lakers, scout with Brian, Lakers. It's like take your turn. Let's just pick wow. who's gonna go today. And uh, but I just don't. I how does it? I don't know. Just being a fan of that team. All right, being a fan of the team, and I know that many listeners love to to see me in anguish and agony. Hey, that's me. Anguish. Not, and not agony. only listeners, your your other co-hosts of this. I I enjoy watching this. This team. has been happening since 2012. The team has been just a a pile of of garbage since 2012 when when you know Dwight Dwight Howard and uh, Steve Nash were on the cover of of Slam or yeah I think it was either Slam or SI and it was like this is now this is going to be fun and it's the two of them and. <sighs> that team was supposed to be awesome. I didn't even like the fit of that team when they first put it together. It was Dwight Howard, Pal Gasol, Meta World Peace, Steve Nash, and Kobe Bryant. I mean, yeah, that's, solid squad. that's the ultimate 2K team that would never work on paper uh, with Mike D'Antoni at the reins. <laughs> what <laughs> what a squad. The difference between the, the squad that Mike D'Antoni has now and the <laughs> his squad with, with uh, the Lakers then is just wild. But... The organization has been dysfunctional since then, and Dr. Buss died in 2013, and since then, in the piece they mentioned it, since then the Lakers have are tied with the most amount of losses with mm. the New York Knicks. Solid. So it's That's just it's been a long time since they've been a functional, like good franchise. And since they've made good decisions and I mean the LeBron thing is the best thing that's happened to 
to the Lakers and maybe one of the only good things that's happened to the Lakers. They've had, you know, top picks and stuff like that. And we've seen some of those go away. It's just, man, it is, it's rough. And then they, they have these like little, little moments of, of, Oh, we're going up, but there's nothing like Luca. Like they don't have anything like that, you know? No, LeBron no, getting LeBron, but even getting LeBron all of a sudden comes with all these other things. There's an expiration date on that. Yes. Um, and that's, and that's one reason why all of this is so, so dramatic is because there is an expiration date on it. I mean, and it's coming. So anyway, we're not going to spend all our time talking about the Lakers because I, well, I mean, we me, could, I mean, me really sad as someone who enjoys the Laker, uh, destruction turmoil <laughs> content i enjoy uh reading this and it, it just it's soaking it all in so uh it's actually been pretty fun to follow we've been over this Isaac. we literally don't have time for the content we want to put into this podcast <laughs> that's true that's true too all right we gotta take a break <laughs> um today on the podcast we are going to talk about jimmy butler because it has been brought to our attention that jimmy butler is a lock to go to the dallas mavericks and to be signed by them so we, <laughs> we will uh we'll talk about that we're also going to talk a little bit about isaac's porzingis piece um there's a lot of, of good stuff in there so we want to talk about his porzingis piece and then uh, but before we get to that isaac i want to talk about rj hampton for a second but before we do that okay. if you're not subscribed to the podcast you need to subscribe on any platform that you currently use but i would recommend uh, subscribing on the Himalaya app. If anything, the new Himalaya app, you can subscribe to the Locked on Mavericks podcast. It gives a number for how many people are subscribed. And uh, I went and looked recently at the Locked on shows, and we are not at the top, and that is just unacceptable. So download Ooh. the Himalaya app and subscribe to our show just to put us over some of these other shows. Oh, guess what? Guess what our number is right now? What is it? 69. Nice. <laughs> Right now, 69 people are subscribed to us. 58 to Lockdown on Himalaya? Raptors. Yeah, on Himalaya. Oh, wow. 215 to the NFL, Lockdown NFL. 122 to Lockdown Celtics. And we, we frequently beat them in numbers. So we need to we need to uh, up our game. Download the Himalaya app. It also comes with the dark mode, which I love. I, I dark mode Ooh. everything. Twitter, Reddit, all that stuff. The, so. the newest Twitter dark mode, like completely black, the game, game changer of everything. <laughs> So, it. download the Himalaya app and subscribe there. Also, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, Isaac. So, RJ Hampton was the number five recruit in this upcoming high school class going into college. He decided to forego going to college in the NCAA, going to Australia to play. Um, Harrison Barnes is on the jump today. And he went and talked oh, about really? he went and talked about RJ Hampton a little bit. And by the way, it kind of sounds like we're making up names at this point. It just sounds like two K names because we just had an RJ Barrett, and now we have an RJ Hampton. And it's like when they they generate names if you go through dynasty mode and you have to just draft people that they create. <laughs> I will say RJ Hampton's definitely real. He's from here in Dallas. He He's went to Little Elm, <laughs> Little Elm High School, which is I'm gonna say up the street just for the sake of it. Um, but I actually had some lunch with some teenagers the, the other day and they, we were all talking, they grew up playing basketball with RJ and they're super hyped on how, um, uh, how, uh, just where he was going to pick to go to college. So I'm anxious to get their opinions about <laughs> he, it now. He's going to college for Australia. Um, but Harrison Barnes had this very, very Mavericks blue suit on and it made me kind of sad because Aww. it just makes me think that he thought he was going to be here for a long time. 
and he bought a bunch of suits <laughs> like blue suits and now he's playing for a team that is not blue most of the time i guess they have that light blue sometimes but what did you think about this rj hampton thing do you do you like the move going to australia we've seen other we've seen other players do this it's not like he's the only one um yeah a few Br- brendan yeah. jennings has done it before i think terrence ferguson did it you know, there's other mm-hmm. guys that have gone gone done it and been successful in the NBA. Um, there's not one that's that's done it and been a big star though. I think that's one thing. Um, Luka Doncic was RJ Hampton's inspiration. He he mentioned that watching Luka Doncic, he was his favorite rookie to watch. And it was cool to see Luka having that kind of impact. And that, I mean, that's that's the impact a a guy like Luka can have, like in legitimizing going overseas and playing overseas, which is awesome for the the world, <laughs> the leagues yeah. around the world. You know. I appreciate his love for Luca, but you know, it's a little bit different for Luca when Luca um, literally was the best player in the second best league in the world, and you know Luca's was it, resume. Was it the second best league in the world? I, I think it was the second best league. You know they had grown men playing in that league, and but like Luca had a resume over there that built up over the years. You know, it was multiple years in in that league, not only in the league, but he was MVP, winning title, like so. That it's a little bit different. Um, you, you mentioned it. There hasn't been like a big star to do it or to come out and, you know, as far as somebody go over and then come back and be like a top two or three pick. So I'm curious with that. What I know, of, I don't know a ton. At, I don't know hardly anything about the New Zealand, you know, league. I, what I've seen and read since his decision today that it's not a super uh, strong league. So um, I don't know what he would have to. Here's my deal. I don't think it completely hurts him, but it, I, it's not a path to where it's going to propel him to a top three pick, in my opinion. It could be. We don't know. Uh, if he goes over and averages 40 points a game and his tape is just absolutely insane, even though it's against whatever you know competition, he could be the first person to do that. But but we've seen we've seen like Ryan Brokoff shoot 50 percent from three and knock it you know drafted. <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah so yeah i think he'll be fine i think you know he could go over there have a really good year and then come back and be a top 10 pick probably because you know he is a really really good guard and so it's uh yeah i, I don't know how I, feel. I mean go get your money cool like do your thing I, i'm not gonna be against anything of that passes against ncaa because you know they got their you know own chair problems but Lots of problems. Go, yeah, go do your thing, bro. Make some money. And, uh, like, I didn't – well, we'll talk about Darius Baisley on a different pod, but yeah. I like what he did too. Yeah, we do have um, draft profiles set up. We're going to we're gonna try to combine some of them uh, and bring on some guests too to do some draft profiles for the 37th pick. So we'll do that for sure. But let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about Isaac Porzingis piece a little bit on Mavs.com, and then we'll get into Jimmy Butler. All right, Isaac. So – your Porzingis piece got a lot of love today, rightly so. It was well written, uh, lots of stats, good stuff in it. Uh, anything that you wanted to pull or talk about from your your Porzingis piece today? Um, no, I mean today was uh, Porzingis Day on Maps.com for the past like few weeks. Uh, what does that mean other than you wrote a piece and they did like wallpapers for your phone and your <laughs> computer? What else did they do? Uh, well, really, the well. Um, for the past couple of weeks, they focused. On, they've kind of assigned a day to each of the players, and uh, so different people on staff, whatever, would write different pieces. And did you get to sign I, his cast? <laughs> um, <laughs> there is no cast, Nick. What are you talking about? 
And, but we, so anyway, I've been wanting to do this piece for a bit because I know Mavs fans, a lot of us are like, Hey man, he's really good. But I don't know if we remember just how good he was. And, uh, that season in which he, you know, he played 48 games. It's not, a, it's not a, you know, that's not a number to just say, see it. We'll just throw that yeah, season out the door because it. that, that same season, Steph Curry won third team all NBA with 51 games played. So it, you know, three more games than KP. So I just want to dive into the stats in, in my piece and just explain how good he was and the level that he was at. Because before he went down with the ACL injury, I mean, he was definitely getting most improved player of the year award. I mean, he was propelling himself into that, you know, top 15 player in the league. So here's a stat that I really liked from it, which which made me think of something different than what I've, I've thought about Porzingis before. Uh, he had 131 possessions coming off a screen in which he scored 1.107 points per possession uh, of players that had at least 130 possessions off a screen. Only Curry, Corver, Durant, Wayne Ellington, Joe Ingles, and JJ Redick scored a higher points per possession than Porzingis, which man, he's seven foot three and they're going to be running him off ball screens. Like he's clay Thompson or, or like he's Steph Curry or even, I mean, these names, Kevin Durant, Obviously, he's a seven-footer, but Joe Ingles, J.J. Reddick, Korver. I mean, he is just so different. And uh, you also mentioned, like, his blocks per game. And so he he blocks shots and hits threes, which is, like, this is this is modern NBA, I mean, porn pretty, pretty much, like, what yeah. he does. It's wild. Yeah, one of my favorite things, I, I texted Nick this when I was doing the research. I watched a ton of freaking tape on Porzingis this season that year, but in pulling out some of these clips from the these game these massive games because this Pacers game I put a gif of in there you know he had 40 points eight rebounds and six blocks in that game and shot 62 percent for the field that's just stupid uh, stat line um but this was one of my favorite favorites you know he played in 48 games like I said and he tallied 115 blocks in 48 games uh Carl Anthony Towns played in all 82 games and tallied the same amount of blocks 115 uh, I just thought that was kind of funny, but uh, there, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, and, and a few of the things I put in there uh, are some stats, uh, percentages, and which his offense possessions. Like, you know, there was only it was only thirteen one thirteen point one percent of his offensive possessions last year were spot up shots, just thirteen percent. To give you perspective of the Mavericks last year, twenty five percent of Harrison Barnes's offensive possessions were spot up shots, twenty three for Wes. 35% of Dorian's, 20% of Dwight Powell's, 20% of Dwight Powell's offensive possessions last year were spot-up shots. 13% of Porzingis was. So if if anything, you know that that number will always be higher than 13% for Porzingis moving forward in Dallas because Luka Doncic is going to create that. And I put some pick-and-pop numbers in there and stuff too. So Go read the piece, maps.com. It's, uh, it's good. There's some There's some clips in there. And uh, yeah, some good, some good Porzingis love. Very excited to to see. It's called "How Good Was Kristaps Porzingis the Last Time He Took the Court." Good, very good. That's the that's the title. It's a great title. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to Jimmy Butler and uh, do a free agent profile on him. But before we do, thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On. If you are looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked, which is a a favorite. Of mine. Hey, it's my first Father's Day this year, so I could get this. How about that? Get just get one for Isaac. How about that? Uh, <laughs> look great, untucked, and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com and the promo code is NBA to get twenty percent off. All right, Jimmy Butler. 
Okay, at the top of the show, Jimmy I reference I reference that it is a lock for Jimmy Butler to get signed by the Mavericks, and here's why. Nick is joking, by um, the way. Don't don't somebody's gonna clip that and put it put it on. Twitter. Aggregate us, please. We've been aggregated once. We did get aggregated at last week Shout for out. a tr- for a trade proposal that uh, we threw was, out there. It was the fan sided thunder blog, right? I think it was. Yes, about the Tim Hardaway Schroeder. Was it called Thunderous Intentions? Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good blog. It's a good, good name. It's a good name for a blog. Yeah, I like it. So yeah, we got aggregated once, which is uh, I'm excited. We're we're excited about that. <laughs> I la- I laughed when I woke up and I got the notification. I was like, oh snap! What did I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the first. That's the first thought. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Dang it. Um, okay, so Mohammed um, DM'd this to Isaac. It was a post on Reddit from a guy Tofi Bedofi, Bed mm. Bedofi. My argument for why Jimmy Butler is actually Dallas's number one free agent target, and many have already and may have already agreed to a deal you're about to read this whole dang reddit i'm not reading the whole thing this is this is these are his points um so brian windhorse speculated that the mavericks are you know doing something we talked about this like oh the mavericks breaking news brian they're up to something with the dwight powell thing yeah and so they're talking about that talking about out around the combine and all that and then his second point jimmy butler luca and porzingis all flew into Dallas around the same time. Remember we talked about and joked about the Jimmy Butler post when he was in Dallas. Luka Doncic recently was in Dallas. There's a picture of him in his car. And then uh, Porzingis in, also. In Dallas and back out of Dallas because now he's back in Spain. So, right. you know, he, he just came in for he a little. He came in you know, just little, for a little, little bit. Something. For what? Who? What did he come in for? Who knows? To see his dog. And then apparently Porzingis was back uh, after his. Uh, Porzingis was back when we joked about the guy that said he was at the airport and saw his cast. So he was obviously back. I love Twitter reporting, and then actual reporters running with a Twitter. Oh, anyway. So all three of those guys, all three, all three of those guys coming into Dallas around the same time, just for whatever reason. It's not like it's Dark Heroes Week or anything. And the yeah. third point that this guy made: the Mavericks' own podcast detailed what the media is allowed to know about free agency plans. This was this is where they lost me. <laughs> this is this is the one where he lost me. Um, he mentions how. Uh, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, their podcast network talks about how they knew that Chris, there was a chance that Chris Hopps was coming to Dallas when, um, Porzingis didn't mention Dallas on the list of teams that he preferred. So they took that as a sign. So when, when the Porzingis news was coming out, when he met with the Knicks and said, I don't want to be here, you know, trade me. And he gave them that list that had like Brooklyn and the Clippers and who else is on there. There's a couple on there's. Uh, Minnesota. I can't maybe? remember. No, that was Kyrie. Mm, oh dear lord, no. <laughs> that was Kyrie. Uh, um. Th- anyway, it was now. like the Clippers and Brooklyn and somebody else. So Dallas wasn't on it. Dallas wasn't on it, and so they took that. Um. I guess it was Jake and Mike. They took that as as saying know. that you know the Dallas was in it because if they were mentioned in that list, then you know the Knicks wouldn't trade them there, or that the Mavericks wouldn't have. I don't know. They they they. He took that as a sign. They took that as a sign for some reason. The Reddit know. poster took it as a sign. Well, also he said that that's what they said on the on the Mavs podcast. That oh Jake, yeah, yeah. Jake and Mike. I haven't listened to that podcast. I haven't either, so I'm not going to try to uh, take that out of context, which I probably already am. But uh, but this guy is because I'm just saying what he said. And then um, all the media coverage that has specifically noted the Mavericks are not interested in Jimmy Butler is a sign that they actually are making him their number one priority and are putting out false info to create a smokescreen. That point about a smokescreen, I do kind of like. The idea that they're saying, okay, we're targeting Middleton. We're targeting Tobias Harris and, and Kemba Walker. The Mavericks, we don't really hear we're going after this guy, right? We hear that stuff from the agent side. We've gone over this over and over again about how 
there's certain people that you believe with the Mavericks and those people haven't mentioned these names. Yeah. Uh, Dallas runs things, you know, different than some organizations, even going down to like draft stuff. You saw the other day, the Utah jazz announced here's our draft workout mm-hmm. and they're having like 10 players and they post screen so, headshots. Yeah. Some the- teams put their, put their draft workouts on their YouTube channels and stuff. Yes. And have media availability for the draft. Like the Lakers, Last year, I guess, yes, or whatever yeah. it was. And, like, media shows up to interview Lonzo just for a pre-draft workout and all this stuff. So, like, that – some teams do that. Dallas does not. And they they obviously work out players, but nobody knows about it. They don't – you know, media doesn't know. And if media does know, um, there's a reason behind that. And, yes, there is – there is some – there is validity to that, you know, Reddit guy uh, saying that, of saying there is a, you know – some a lot of the stuff out there that does come out with Dallas, they they do want you to know. Uh, but there are uh, plenty of things that have come out in the past that that is true too. It was very obvious that Dallas loved Luka Doncic. Yeah. Like it was very clear. Uh, that was very that clearly was not reported a on. <laughs> yes, there was no smoke screen on that, and uh, they made the trade and made it made it happen when got the guy. So that that was you know very clear. So uh, they did like Frank Nilakina. So like at the time of the draft, you know that no, that was Isaac. That was a smoke screen too. Come on. You know, it's not like they, some people, you know, try to portray it as all oh, they hated him, but they put it out there, they left, you know, so, so anyway, no, I think they just tricked the Knicks. They tricked the <laughs> Knicks. They tricked Phil Jackson into it. Um, but yeah, they, they are very smart of how they use different things and giving stuff to certain reporters. And, uh, it's just, it just goes down to the same thing we've preached a, a thousand times. There are a handful of guys that you trust when it comes into Stein, uh, Brad Townsend, um, not even us. don't even trust us yeah we have you know we have fun with it and we'll talk about different reports that come out uh, every once in a while we, we we throw some stuff out there that it, you know that's sourced and uh but w- we're very clear when we say that though and um but yeah just just follow those those big three guys just leave it that you know local people you know obviously if Woj comes out and says something you know you take Woj for what he's saying absolutely all right let's take another break and uh and when we come back Jimmy Butler. Maybe we might have to push the full free agent profile to a later podcast because we're already kind of going long with the other stuff. So let's just keep speculating about Jimmy Butler and we'll, uh, we'll discuss him. But before we do that, today's show is brought to you by Grip6, ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it's great Father's Day gift. Go to Grip6. They have a special offer for you at Grip6.com slash lock. That's lock with an E at the end, L-O-C-K-E, lock. All right, Isaac. So Jimmy Butler. Let's get into let's get into as much of the um, free agent profile as we can. I do want to kind of give a full podcast to him since I kind of feel like we filled it with some other stuff. But um, Jimmy Butler, the strengths of Jimmy Butler. He's obviously a, a plus defender. He's been on the All Defensive Team four times. He's been a four time All Star. He's six eight. He's you know just one of those dogs. He's a wing that can. Um. You know, he can guard pretty much any any kind of wing, any kind of guard, really, which is completely the, the guy that the Mavericks really need right now. And um, on the offensive end, he can get his own shot. He can um, he can create off the dribble. He can hit some spot-up shots. Uh, not the greatest catch-and-shoot or efficient shooter kind of guy, but mm. with the ball in his hands, he can do some, some great stuff. Yeah, the Jimmy Butler free agent profile – 
you know, like our other profiles, it starts with the strengths and weaknesses and kind of like his situation. And um, just why are we talking about Jimmy Butler? He has one more year left on his deal. He has a player option. So this summer, uh, it looks all signs point to him. He's going to opt out of that last year to where he can become an unrestricted free agent. And then he gets to pick his home. Uh, a lot of people you know, say that Philly, they obviously made the trade for Jimmy Butler, made the trade for Tobias Harris, that they should just give them the max money and, and roll with, you know, roll with it from there. But so if Jimmy does hit the open market, which he should, and he entertains other teams, what, what are you getting in Jimmy? And I'll say this at the very start. And I've been very clear on this, of how I felt about this. Jimmy Butler's going to get a max contract. Yes. Some people out there still, you know, like, Oh, I don't know. You know, he's just so, so annoying team chemistry. No, he's going to get a max, whether it's from Philly or whoever it is. The Somebody's going to give him a max. too many teams with max slots and not yes. enough max slot guys. Yes. 100%. So Jimmy's going to get the max. It's just a matter of what team he wants to go to and who's going to offer it. Um, his strengths. Yes. Like you said, six, eight, um, Four, t- I mean, really, when you look at it, resume, he's a four-time All-Star. Uh, there's not many four-time All-Stars that hit the free agent market. Uh, you are getting that. Who's it's in arguably his prime right now. Um, you know, he didn't make an All-Star team this past year. Uh, he got close. Um, I think without the trade and stuff, if he spent a whole season with Philly or maybe even a whole season with Minnesota, he could have he could have made an All-Star team. But yeah, Minnesota I think have I to be a better team than they were, but. For sure, yeah, for sure. But he's made a, he's made outside of this past year, he's made the All Star team four straight years. Um, and this is a guy we have to mention too. This is a guy that came out of nowhere, pretty much. I mean, he what was he a late first? He's like the thirtieth pick, I think. And uh, he's really built himself up to be, you know, this kind of player. He's not a guy that came out of nowhere. So he he works hard. I mean, he's a, a hard working guy. He's not just a guy that has this talent that has been. You know, so he's been put in this light of like this diva kind of guy. He's not a guy like yeah. he's not one of these NFL wide receiver type guys that just had all the talent forever. Go to the NFL and they're like, Psh, I am you know the greatest. He, I mean, Antonio yes. Brown is a really good example of a guy like that. Antonio Brown is a sixth round pick. He goes to the NFL, you know, does really well. He becomes one of the best wide receivers in the NBA or <laughs> in the NFL, and uh, then he. He has like these diva moments where he wants to get paid more, and the NFL is obviously different because their contracts aren't fully guaranteed. But Jimmy Butler and Antonio Brown, there are some parallels there where they are—they're really good because they have worked themselves to get there. They—they they didn't just have this talent and then walked into the NBA like like a Ben Simmons guy that just literally—I mean, he looks the yeah. part. He comes in, he has these skills, and uh, there's big holes in his game or something like that. Jimmy Butler is, you know, a hardworking guy that has, has worked himself up from Marquette, you know. To the Three NBA. years at Marquette, you said a 30th, 30th overall pick in his draft. I mean, it, his story coming out, you know, coming into the draft was incredible, like his background and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, the where he uh, has come from, where he started until now is absolutely incredible. And that speaks directly into his work ethic, as, you know, as a as a basketball player. But all defensive second team four four times. You know, he last year he he was you know all defensive second team. So, um, if we're talking about strengths, he he's gonna guard your primary person. Yeah. Now, listen, we know the last time we saw him in a playoff series, it was against Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, we know right now, Kawhi's on a different level. <laughs> and I wouldn't look at Jimmy and say, man, I because that's what I, we were talking the other day. I'm like, has he fallen off defensively some? Because the <laughs> last thing I remember of him was getting just torched by Kawhi. And then you know, and Nick made a point to me. He's like, well, kind of everybody's getting torched by Kawhi right now. <laughs> So that that's like a good He's point. And 
He is. Uh, but that's what Jimmy gives you. He does guard the primary defender. He is your dog. He is your grit. Uh, he's going to hustle. He's going to take on that assignment. Uh, and on the other side of the ball, he, he, you know, he can get the clutch bucket. You can give him the ball and say, Hey, let's run the pick and roll. Let's run an ISO. Uh, you can get me, you can get me a, a bucket. And one thing I put it out there is he's good at getting to the free throw line too. And, uh, that's something as a, as a wing player, um, you know, he's averaged, uh, well, he's averaged five, five, six, five, five. No, no, no. That's rebounds. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Five, seven, eight, seven, seven. You know, from a wing guy, you, it's not a Harrison Barnes, Tobias Harris that you're under yeah. two. You know, or even you're D'Angelo under, Russell was at like two and a half. Yes. So, uh, he can, he can get to the line and, and you know, and, and get fouled. So at, as a wing prospect, and for who he has is as a player, and if you're just looking at the Mavericks, a perfect fit on paper. But there's obviously weaknesses that come into that too. Yeah, for sure. There, there are for sure weaknesses. But you also, the shooting aspect, if you're worried about the shooting, I mean, with Minnesota, he's shooting 37% from three. With, with Chicago, for his career, he shot 33%. So not, I mean, not terrible, but um, not average either <laughs> he had some seasons though where he's shooting 37 36 35 percent which is i mean it's average 35 percent 34 percent is average in the nba and yeah um the, the mavericks already have two guys that can shoot so if you're worried about jimmy butler shooting as a weakness i don't think that's that's as big of a deal because you have luca already and porzingis that are plus shooters Oh yeah, and for sure. And you got to think about some of these shots too. You know, how many of these shots are coming off, you know, off ISO plays, off him just creating a shot and shooting in somebody's face. You know, whoever comes you know, comes along and plays alongside Luca and Porzingis, you're going to get more open shots. And uh, for Jimmy, looking at even um, guarded, okay, even look at this, his catch and shoot shots on synergy, guarded. Uh, guarded, he was in the 24th percentile, below average. But unguarded, catch-and-shoot shots, he was excellent with a 1.3 points per possession. So he's going to get more unguarded shots you know, if, if he does play in Dallas or somewhere with another you know, ball handler like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, other other weaknesses, you have to throw out there age. You know, he... Yeah. he by the time this next season starts, you know, he's going to be 30 years old. He turns 30 this September. Uh, so... You know, if you if Philly signs you to that five year max, he's gonna obviously be thirty five at the end of that deal. You know, if Dallas somebody you know signs you to a four year max, you're looking at thirty four years old. So thirty to thirty four, you're getting him in this max range. You know, towards the end or getting him in that prime type. Would you say that end end of the prime. prime, end of his prime, back yeah, end towards of the, the end, prime. the back nine, <laughs> the back nine. Um, you know, injury stuff. He's only played in, you know in his career. He's only played over seventy five games twice in a season yeah um you know there's some you know there's some injury stuff with that but the biggest thing with jimmy butler that people bring up and everything is his off the court team chemistry stuff over the past you know year or so really couple years and that is it is yeah well if you want to say he had his problems with philly too i was reading some stories early today of when that first, you know, in those first like month or so that he was at Philly, him and Brett Brown, he had some offensive questions, like what was his role and all this stuff. And there was already some reports coming out that we know how everything went down in Minnesota, which is just crazy. And him going on ESPN and Rachel Nichols and like all that stuff. Still and wild, that, just right there. They were right there it that is. day. Rachel Nichols was in Minnesota. It's wild. 
it's crazy how so much stuff happened this past year that that just gets forgotten of what happened yeah, in that Minnesota happened this with year guys that happened this, this year. year and then that stuff goes back to Chicago too so it wasn't an enhanced like the Minnesota stuff I would 100% understand all of that all of that off the court yes the team chemistry the concerns with all of that uh that is a red flag to a lot of people and deservedly so i mean he he brought a lot of that on himself and at this point whoever signs jimmy butler you're you know it's just accepting the fact that that's what comes with it and that's the that's a chance that whoever signs him is willing to take absolutely uh but with that comes that that winning attitude that guy that 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 dog mentality that I you know if even if I am behind and, and people count me out I am going to still come back and he was in that in that Philadelphia series with with the the Raptors when nobody else was stepping up he was the guy that was was carrying mm-hmm. them he was the guy that would step up when Ben Simmons was shying away when Joel Embiid was having his injury concerns when Tobias Harris was going dark you know there's all these things happening and when J- when JJ Reddick couldn't hit his shot like. Jimmy Butler was there to to go in and hit shots and get his own offense. And that's uh I mean, you want you need a guy like that. And we think Luca is going to be that guy. We think Porzingis could could potentially be a guy like that, but we know Jimmy Butler is that kind of guy. Yeah, and when you compare Jimmy Butler to some of these other names that we've thrown out there and you talk about check marks that he checks, just look at Kimba and let's just say D'Angelo Russell. When you look at those guys, you're like, okay, that's an, those are two guys that you know can go get buckets, uh, you know, alongside Luca. But you know that there's going to be some defensive questions on yeah. the other end. Then you look at somebody like Tobias Harris, and you're like, okay, defensive problems too, but he can shoot the ball, you know, at a really high clip from three. When you factor in, you know, like let's just say uh, Patrick Beverly. Okay, Beverly's really good defensively, but he's not a guy you're just really, or like a Brogdon. He's not a guy you're going to throw the ball to and be like a secondary playmaker or secondary score alongside Luca, really. Jimmy Butler checks both of those boxes. So he is going to, you can throw the ball to him, put Luca on the wing, say, go get me a bucket, and he can come down and check the, you know, next guy. This is why I say, on paper, he is a perfect fit next to you know KB and Luca because he does give you that uh, that that dog in you on the def- defensive end, but he can go get a bucket too. The dog, I, I don't know how I feel about the dog metaphor. It's just become the thing that, well, yeah. that everybody says, you know. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because I have like a a small dog that's not as aggressive as some bigger dogs, but. I have a golden do- doodle that looks like a freaking teddy bear. So it's like, I mean, <laughs> she's a, a baby. But Neither of us are, are a good example for this. <laughs> I wanted a great dame, but my wife won that battle. Um, what? Okay, if if Dallas did... If it, okay, is, why would, if it is true that it is a done deal. If the Reddit posted you. First off, why would you choose Dallas over somebody else? Because if Philly comes calling and says, okay... Let's just say he doesn't. Let's say he doesn't want to return to Philly, yeah. which they could offer him the most at five years. Maybe the Brett Brown thing. He got the extension, and maybe it was like, oh, it's him or me. And they're like, okay, well, guess it's yes. Him. And he's like, hey, I'm gone. Um, the other teams on the table. Why would he choose like a Dallas if Dallas decided to do it? Why would he choose Dallas over the Lakers or Brooklyn or New York or something like that? Because that it kind of feels like, and some people are saying like, "Hey, if he doesn't stay in Philly, he's going to go to one of these, you know, the, one of the L.A. New York teams." And like, what would Dallas's case be over those teams, or like, what would be the pathway for him to do that? Jimmy Butler might be a guy that thinks that he can be a mentor type guy that thinks that he can be this, this veteran guy and wants to be the guy him and him and Kyrie, I think have some similarities 
they want to be that lead guy. They want to be that main guy, the the older veteran guy that leads the guys behind him. Yeah. But in in his stops, he's come he's coming to the the Bulls who didn't draft well and didn't have guys like that. Uh, and then just you know made weird choices and there's all kinds of weird things. But then he went to the then he went to Minnesota, and they had Carl Anthony hmm. Towns and Wiggins and he just, Wiggins and Wiggins just <laughs> sent him sent him packing. And then he goes and, and has you know Ben Simmons with similar issues uh, and Joel Embiid with with different things. Maybe he still maybe he likes that idea and wants to be part of an organization that has guys like that. So he looks at Luca and looks at Porzingis and is like. I can be that guy in that role that I want and help these guys maybe get to that level. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's just a thought. I don't know any, I don't obviously don't have anything sourced on that, but I feel like that might be a thing if he's looking at Dallas, you know, realistically. Yeah. Cause you have to factor or well, you have to factor in a couple of things of, you know, at this point in Jimmy's career, he wants to win or at least, you know, get to the playoffs. And you know, if Jimmy does go to Dallas, that does put them in a playoff, you know, picture team roster right there at that big three but then you look across and say what if he wants like stability well the lakers are an absolute mess right now then like let if you paint the picture again if you if you paint the picture say why could he pick dallas over some of these other teams because another thing you got to have is you got to have a team willing to take the chance on him for a max contract yeah and you look at teams let's just say brooklyn and the clippers that have these young cores they might not be as sold on it and they might look at it and say you know what we're we're in freaking brooklyn and la we can we can we might be able to pick and choose we have a young core let's just keep building them let's not take the risk of bringing jimmy butler in but you find a team like dallas that says we want to win right now and and like hey they and we're not scared off by the Minnesota Chicago Bull thing because of our organization, our organization stability, and you know our head coach and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they they could look. I could see they them looking at it and saying, you know what, we we'll take the chance because we want to win right now that bad. And so I, I could see something like that to where Dallas could be one of the only teams up there offering the max. But then it could be a, well, I want to win too and picking. Yeah. So there's a scenario in which it happened. I put, I put it at, I put it at 30%. But I still think that he goes back to Philly because honestly, if you're Philly and you traded that much, you know, you traded that much for Jimmy and Tobias, then you got to bring back, if you got to pick one, you got to bring back Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And the thing about, about Jimmy Butler is he's not restricted. So they have the opportunity to give him that five year deal. Maybe they don't want to give him that five year deal. And so they decide to, you know, just go with the four years. And then all of a sudden you're on an even playing field with, you know, Philadelphia and the Mavericks. It's, you know, same deal pretty much. And and he, he said this at it after the season. This is from Philly.com. He said, technically, I think, knock on wood, I would get a max contract anywhere I choose to go. So if you're talking a four-year, hmm. a five-year, that is more than enough money anyway. I think I still have more than enough money now from my first deal. So, he's so ring, if you read, he wants to ring chase right now, maybe. Yeah, so if you read between the lines in that, it's it, it doesn't look like a four, you know, five, you know, fifth year is gonna matter too much on his deal. It's a matter of, you know, winning. Now, and you go back to that report that came out in um after he got traded with Philly and how he's kind of questioning his offensive role. And this is this is a question I have for you. Question his offensive role of Ben Simmons and Embiid, and how even JJ Reddick was averaging more points than him at that point. If he was questioning his offensive role with JJ well, with Ben Simmons and Embiid, what would be different than Porzingis and Luca? Oh man, a lot, a lot is different because no, I, I no, I just want like if he wasn't getting the 
Because in that um, Woj piece, it was like he wanted more pick and rolls or isolation, you know, stuff like that. I know, like, just what insulting would... your question. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, like what if it was about touches in him, his flow and offense? Right. Answer for for listeners. What would be the <laughs> difference between Luca and KP? Then? There's there's a lot different because the the Ben Simmons Joel Embiid combination is like trying to stack a circle on a on a rectangle like sometimes it's going to work and it's going to stay there but sometimes it's just going to roll off the side because it's a circle right like they just don't really fit together and there are, there are big issues there and so all of a sudden you bring in this guy that it you know does these certain things and that really takes away what what ben simmons is his best ability ben simmons best ability is to to clear out and to, to drive in the lane and have shooters around him. Luca's best ability is to shoot off the dribble. I mean, that's that's completely mm. different. The dynamics and the geometry of the floor are so different when your main guy. This is the thing. Oh my gosh! If we we talk about this one more time, in the <laughs> as watching these playoffs, if your best player, if your primary number one option can hit shots, all of a sudden your team, the ceiling for your team is so much higher. I mean, mm. even even you know Joel Embiid is not a guy that can really hit shots for you he can hit a spot up three he can hit you know a a catch and shoot three but he's not going to do anything off the dribble except for driving you know a couple of steps into the paint and then dunking on somebody or doing a little hook or something like that so when you have two guys like that that are your two number one options or at least primary playmakers that cannot hit shots their geometry on the floor is just so different then all of a sudden it messes up your flow i mean that that is what messes up the flow you can have as much ball movement as you want but if you don't have spacing then what do you yeah. have? I mean, you don't have space to hit shots. I mean, literally. And so when you have Luca and Borzingis, you have two guys that can hit shots. They can spread mm-hmm. the floor. They can space the floor. You could have a scenario where, where they can, they can spread out and Jimmy Butler can go to work. You can't have it, Joel it gives Embiid. Jimmy, t- gives Jimmy more room to work. You can't have Joel Embiid go to one side of the floor. Ben Simmons go to the other side of the floor and say, all right, Jimmy Butler, uh, Jimmy Butler, let's, uh, let's go ahead. I, I did a video on Ben Simmons for free Dawkins. And, it was before the playoffs, and I looked at a lot of his minutes um, when he was off the ball, and I was like, what does he do? Because I watched the Sixers this season, but you don't really watch Ben Simmons off the ball because it just doesn't catch your eye. It's just not part of it. And all he literally does is go to the dunker spot, go to one of those blocks, and just stand there. I mean, that's that's what he does. They don't they don't run him off. You know, He doesn't go set screens. He doesn't do any real off-ball movement. He just kind of roams, kind of like what – Man, I don't. I can't even name a player that just does that. Just goes and stands. I mean, like yeah. a, uh, like a Zeller, <laughs> you know, like one of the the worst Zellers. I mean, he doesn't even set screens though. That's the thing. I don't even understand. So, when you have that, all of a sudden you just have a guy that's planted in the paint now. Whoever's guarding Ben Simmons is just sitting there in the paint. So you have all kinds of issues with that combination that that Luca and Borzingis don't have. And so it'd be it'd be very different, I think. Yeah. Oh, I, I completely agree. I could just see people throwing out that hole. Yeah. Well, if he wanted more touches then. Now I will say this. What? If it, if it is the, the hierarchy, if he, if the, the problem that Jimmy Butler had was the hierarchy, like, okay, the thing we were talking about yesterday is you have your primary ball handlers and then you have your, your options on offense. Jimmy Butler mm. was probably their secondary ball handler. Um, but then he was like their third or fourth or, you know, second, second or third option on offense, depending on you know what play was run or whatever. So if he has, if that was his kind of issue that he was like, okay, I want to be the secondary ball handler like I am now, but I want to be the, the first option instead of Joel Embiid, instead of, you know, a, a JJ Redick or, you know, Ben Simmons getting his offense. Cause when Ben Simmons is the primary ball handler, it's, you know, it just creates issues. 
Um, yeah. So if that was his problem, then he comes in, he's the secondary ball handler for the Mavericks and probably the second option. It's a little, cl- yeah. it's a little cleaner. Yeah. It's a little cleaner. And here's my, here's my thing with Jimmy. I literally said this to Nick last night. And obviously some of you can tell by the tone of some of the things I'm saying. I, was, I told Nick, I said, there's, there's a guy that I'm warming up to mm-hmm. about the possibility of him being in Dallas and it's Jimmy Butler. And I come around on it because when I look at these check marks on what, what to check off. Because he met him when he was at the Mavs facility the other day and when they were signing or they were signing the pre pre agency agreement and <laughs> um, that's why he's warming up to it. He just he checks a lot of those boxes Aggregate that that. I, that I would want uh, that I would want alongside alongside Luca. And I'll say this if if we see the report that Dallas signs, you know, Jimmy when free agent starts, free agency starts, then that means Dallas obviously did their homework on Jimmy and they're comfortable enough. If Donnie Nelson and Tony Ronzoni and them are comfortable enough of signing off on Jimmy Butler coming here to Dallas, then I'm going to put my trust in, in, in that. And because I don't have a problem basketball fit. I don't have any worry basketball fit as far as like what he brings and no. checking off the, all the box no. and all that stuff. I, I love that. I said on paper that I think it's a perfect fit. It's just the off the court stuff is, you know, worries me. So if they signed him, I would be thrilled because that means they're signing off on it too. I think he does give you a lot more flexibility with lineups and stuff too, because you threw out something the other day. I said, why couldn't Dorian start instead of Brunson? If you have Jimmy Butler, that gives you your second playmaker. That yeah. gives you your second score to where you could start Dorian. So at that point you could start Luca. Dorian, you know, Jimmy Butler, or Justin Porzingis, Jackson, whoever the wing. Oh yeah, or whoever Justin Jackson, whoever. You wouldn't technically have to, you know, start Brunson at that point for a secondary play playmaker because you'd have, you know, Luca and, and Jimmy at that point. But it is is there a world because you'd have to give Jimmy Max. You'd be looking at the thirty two million if you cleared up some more space, man. If you could go out there and try to bring in a, a Patrick Beverly or something like that, I mean, that would be that would be crazy if you could pull that off, but. But yeah, I think Jimmy does give you a little bit more flexibility compared to like a scoring guard to where then you have a two-way wing. I just don't want people to get really really overanalyze it of saying, okay, to where we get picky enough. To where if Jimmy Butler says, I want to come to freaking yeah. Dallas, like, come on, you you should welcome like welcome that. And if nobody else wants to come and Jimmy Butler wants to come to Dallas, you welcome the four-time freaking all-star, okay, who can play both sides of the floor. And so, like, that, I feel like at some point now we're just, you know, we're trying to get too picky with it, with, you know, Max's face because, oh, we got Luka and KP. And so... It's not a the off the court stuff makes it not a perfect fit to where I'm like oh my gosh like drooling over it. But if like I said if it came out and said Dallas signed him, then that means Donnie and them signed off on it and they're okay with it and they're ready for the fit. And because on paper I, I think it looks great. So Jimmy, I, I'm on board with him coming to Dallas if if he wants to come for sure, for sure. And we don't know if he did, was Minnesota on his list. I don't think Minnesota was on his list. I'm not for sure. And so he went there like against yeah. his will kind of, you know, too. like if he came here in free agency, he's picking the Mavericks, right? Like he is not being traded there. He's not being sent there. He's not being even drafted there. That's a good point. Yeah. He, he's deciding to come here. So I think that makes it a little different too. It's like, it's like what Kevin Durant did. Kevin Durant came in and he's like, I know this, what we're doing here <laughs> you know, with the Warriors. I know what's going I know what's going on. I know what's happening. I know I'm still, I'm going to be the first option, but I know that I'm gonna have to make some sacrifices. You know, I'm going to do, different things than I would in, in Oklahoma city. So 
100%. And you think about that big three, if that they put that big three together, where does that big three stack against other big threes in the league? It's mm. pretty dangerous. Mm. Luka KP, Jimmy Butler, and you, I mean, you put whatever parts, the interchangeable parts you could put, you get Vucevic, it kind of limits your versatility in lineup. You put, you get Akimba. It's fun, but it kind of limits your versatility in lineups. You get somebody like Jimmy, your lineup versatility just is out the window. Even you, more you so than Tobias. Yes, even more so than Tobias, for sure. For sure. So there you go. That's Jimmy Butler. We went long again. No apologies. Um, there you go. And, uh, man, there's a lot of stuff to be excited about. We have a lot more free agency profiles. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.